0: Welcome to the Queen Trail Podcast. Meditation doesn't have to be sitting still and having an empty mind. The journey is such a beautiful thing because we are all on a
1: journey. You want to make sure you have some kind of distribution plan, or at least have an idea of it, because you can make this really amazing film, and it only gets seen by your family and friends.
0: Old Hollywood is still intact. Every horse runs hard, but when they win, and they know it, they've got this little sass about them. It was pretty rough, I had to go into the water and with my med pack, swim to the beach, treat these guys, put them on my back, swim out to the helo. And I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen those before. And I said, what are those? And before I could even finish the sentence, she said, oh my God, you didn't touch them, did you?
1: Even if monarchs go away and we never see one again, because there never will be monarchs again, it's a
0: it is just a little indicator of larger threats. Yeah. My dad said, "So, what were you guys doing in the desert?" And I said, "We were taking nude photos." Hey, everybody! Welcome back. I hope you had a great week since the last time that we got together. This is a fun short episode with my dear friend Mike Acosta, who has been on here before. We took a hike the other day. Some things got lost. This episode is entitled "Lost Things." It is all about finding lost things on the hiking trail. I did say during our talk that I was going to look up the proper protocol of what to do when you find something on a hiking trail. Do you leave it where it's at? Do you move it? Do you try to contact the person, try to find them on social media, Google them, whatever? and i did a bunch of searches and there is not a single consensus it runs the gamut from leave it where it's at to pack it out because you can't leave anything on the trail to finders keepers (laughs) so um there's no real consensus. This is the story of what happened when I lost something, and it just led us down a rabbit hole of what to do in these situations. We also talk about earworms, and as usual, our conversation wrapped back around to music. So please grab a cuppa and join Micah Costa and me in this In the Company of Friends talk. Enjoy. Talk about this candle that I just lit. (laughs) That best smelling candle. It's a soy candle made by Lulu Candles. It's called Jasmine Oud Oud and Sandalwood. Smells like heaven. (laughs) That is from my cousin Ken, who is just the dearest person on the planet. But we had to move it because i put it right in front of the microphone and mike thought that maybe we were gonna burn down the house so it's in a safe place still making everything smell good
1: yeah it's good
0: so mike and i went on a hike today and it was um probably a memorable hike at this point (laughs)
1: it was a a long one
0: It's overcast, and there was a nice ocean breeze because we were right on the cliffs. We climbed up a bazillion steps.
1: Yeah, I think we clocked five, almost six miles today. Yeah. Uh, But it was good. Today, everybody seemed pretty happy.
0: Yeah, I think it's the solstice, you know, like that is the time of year where you start to feel alive. The sun is out. Yesterday was the longest day of the year. And, of course, as usual, I'll post some photos on my socials. The opuncha, those are those paddle cactus, cacti, yeah. however you say it. Do you say cacti or do you say cactuses? I think it's
1: cacti, yeah. You're right.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I just recently found out when I read Soul of an Octopus
1: mm-hmm.
0: that octopi is wrong because Mm. octopus is i guess a greek based word and so you can't add the i on the end it depends Mm. on what the etiology of the word is and so the correct plural for octopus is not octopi but octopuses Mm. so now i need to find out if cacti or cactuses is correct for some reason, cactuses sounds better. Does that sound better? It to does you know? sound
1: better. Cacti, I think, would just be like a like if you see a, a field of cacti, like the whole like because we saw a lot. It was a lot out there. It was a lot. I was just surprised how much growth we've seen. Yesterday, everything was overgrown. This hike, I can't even see the old trails.
0: And all of the cactuses are blooming.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah everything's blooming. Like the bees are out. I mean, a lot of how many happy bees. How many snakes have you run into? Three? I run into five separately from you. This is going to be my eighth snake this year. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's that time of year. We yeah, saw that gopher yeah, snake. That was a
1: huge ass one, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a ton of rabbits, lizards. I mean, they're everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one lizard it's, was really cool. It, it kept us. walking straight alongside yeah, us like almost. a personal pet. Yeah. And then as soon as I pulled out my phone, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, reason wait. that this hike is so memorable is we had probably gotten into the third mile when okay. I reached into my pocket and said, Oh my God, I lost my driver's license.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the tough one.
0: So we backtracked. I probably have not walked that fast in a really long time. I was looking (laughs) everywhere. So I actually wanted to talk about now that I've had this experience, which, by the way, I never found my license. I'm hoping that somebody finds it, decides to do a Google search and finds me. I'm planning to get a brand new license or, you know, a duplicate of this license this week but I wanted to talk about what the proper etiquette is when you find something on a trail.
1: Typically when I was with the Sierra Club hiking with them, if we found something on the trail, if it's a state park, obviously you take it to the ranger and they keep it in the front in our trails where there is nobody if you're going up you put it at the top of that trail cuz you figure that person was either most times they won't be going down especially that trail we're on there nobody's going to go down it's too treacherous and then you so you put it at, <laughs> yeah, on a rock at the very top yeah down that that's a pretty treacherous going down <laughs> but yeah typically you put nearest top part of of a hill preferably on a rock if you see something on the trail, like a wallet, if you think they're still on the trail, but still early enough, you put it up the top. Or in my case, I would just take it and mail it to the person. I found phones on the trail. I found...
0: Keys.
1: Keys are a lot of keys. Keys
0: are hard. I was over at Hollywood Lake. I did the Secret Stairs of Los Angeles, which is a hellacious, really fun hike. And it takes you to Hollywood Lake or Lake Hollywood. And I found a whole bunch bunch of keys i mean there must have been like 20 keys on this ring so probably work keys home keys car keys who knows what and there was nothing to identify these keys by
1: now another thing i do is people always wonder why i carry a notebook like a little thin notebook in my bag with a pen I'll write a note if I have to take those possessions out, hey found a wallet or whatever and I'd stick it on a rock and and I'll put I'll mail it to you on it. I've done that a couple times but uh, if you find something on the trail yeah it's it's really hard to you know you just try to get it to the person keys are tough because there's no identifying mark but at least with a ID it has an address on it you can I don't like going to somebody's house. I, I'd just rather mail it to them.
0: And you never know, right, because they could have moved and you're mailing it back to some place where there may not be a forwarding anymore, but it's probably the best bet because a lot of people do stay put in a single place. I think we're starting to become a little bit more of a transient society. People are seeing the value of moving around more. So it's kind of hit and miss. You never know if you're actually getting it back to that person. Do you put your return address on it?
1: No, typically not. Oh, well, actually, I'll put my phone number in, in a card. I mean, a phone number's adequate because, I mean, I don't want anything. I don't want any reward. I, I once found, I think it was an iPhone. It was a brand new one, and he left it out there for some reason. And he was so happy he got it. He like, was pulling out money. It's like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I think the best thing you can do now, like, back then, it was a lot different. Now you got the internet. You can search up those addresses. and it You is, got the yeah. social medias where you can find them on there. And, you know, that's how I found that, that guy's information for the phone His mom called and I I picked it up It's like hey this isn't your son just so you know and then I proceeded to tell her what happened and uh, what you could do also I I would suggest to get a Google number if you don't want to give your number not typically that I give everybody a Google number it still goes to my phone shoots me a text if I missed the phone call
0: yeah that's interesting because my thought is always like what would I do if I was the person who lost something which I happen to be today and what I did is I backtracked and retraced all of my steps and I was sweeping side to side on the ground and also up higher because I have seen on hikes where people will hang keys from branches yes right
1: and i just thought of something we didn't go to the very top like we went to the top of where we hut but there's more of that trail so typically we would follow the trail to the end but, but it was and, and, but it was closed it, off but I'm talking about the other end, the other trail. Oh, the other
0: end. We did this long loop because, I guess because of all the rains and everything, this trail had washed away and was too treacherous and so they closed off a whole entire section, which you know, if you've gone hiking, you've probably run into this problem, especially you know, after California fires. I mean, any trail in LA probably gets closed down after a fire, mudslides, after these crazy rains that were like, you know, rains of the century type of thing and so we ended up going around the long way it was really windy and then going up a whole set of stairs crossing over going back down into a little valley
1: and then we tried other trails we'd never really been on or at least i haven't been on in a long time
0: yeah so that was kind of cool but who knows where I lost my license? Anywhere along those trails. Yeah, that was and, a lot. <laughs> um, you know, we asked everybody. But that's what I did was to sweep the trail with my eyes and, of course, look on top of posts and kind of looked at trees and stuff, where, but those tall bushes where people might be able to put a, a license and just kind of set it there. But my tendency is to leave things where they landed. Yeah. Because I know people are going to come back and... Look where they've been, and look down at the ground. So I don't know. I mean, that's why I'm wondering. Like that's why I get a
1: notepad because I'll put it right where I found it, and then I'll put "Hey, found, go up." (laughs) It's very specific. Yeah, but Um, I'm I'm crazy about that's just because I hike so much and I was always finding stuff on the trails because I pay attention to the to the terrain. I do too, but
0: I tend to just leave things where they've landed. Yeah, it's like somebody's gonna freak out in an hour or less or more who knows and um, they're gonna come back and they're gonna retrace their steps and they're gonna be looking down So, I don't know. I'm going to have to look and see what...
1: Yeah, I would be interested to see what the proper etiquette is. I mean, I don't think there really is, because, I mean, it depends on the situation. In our case, that's a pretty treacherous hill going up and down, and that license could easily slide into the bushes, and you'll never see it Under the
0: cacti or cactuses. Yeah,
1: so I I would, in that situation, I think I would have taken that and put it up on those rocks and something so they could see that hey it's right here and maybe just ask somebody on the trail hey do you know anybody that might have lost the license here or just uh
0: which we did i i did everybody that i passed every single person their response was well we did come from that way but we weren't looking yeah and of course you you don't expect them to be looking it's just did you happen to pick it up and put it in your pocket because you're trying to get in contact with the person who lost this item which happens to be me right here, the dunce.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess, uh, I mean, I mark the trails. If they're like the Angeles Crest, I mark the trail. When you're going down, it's a different experience than going up. So you always need something to mark your way, to make sure you're okay. You go up, you don't know where something is, so... I didn't mark the trail. I Luckily, I've been on this trail several times. It's a windy one in the Angeles Crest. But on the way up, I didn't. Okay, I'm not going to mark the trail. I've been on this many times, so I just let them. You guys lead, and they took one of the wrong paths going up because they thought they were going that direction. And then we ended up two miles. Each little step that you take in the wrong direction is going to lead you somewhere else. That's why people die on these trails. Or get lost. For or a very get long lost. Time. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, like Julian Sands. He was missing. He's a. He's a very experienced hiker he takes extreme precautions i mean he's probably one of the top hikers you know um he's always out there i mean i've run into a lot of people on those hikes and yeah to see him just you know i mean i hope he's alive but i don't i don't mean after six months it's slim to none and he's gonna live unfortunately but i mean an experienced hiker like that that takes every precaution and it still ends up wrong And unfortunately he went at the wrong time with all the rains and all the problems they had on that hill with the mudslides. You I mean, I'm just cautious. I have food, just uh, not on this trail per se, but I'm most of the time.
0: If I'm on something like that, you know, like uh, when I did the Devil's Chair, it, it was after heavy snow so there was still ice on the trail but you're right it looks different going in one direction than it does coming back out and there's other factors to consider you know if it's been a challenging hike you could be tired hungry you could be thirsty you know today we went on a six mile hike and i forgot my water bottle in the car I clearly was like, what a mess, you know, I lost my license, I forgot the water bottle in the car, I'm fine, I've rehydrated myself. But um, if you're going on a serious hike, you really want to make sure that you have all of that and a map. You know, I don't mark things, but I do have landmarks with maps. Yeah, same here. Yeah,
1: especially this one, because I've been on this thing a hundred times. So, yeah, I didn't... But it
0: could change. Anytime that a fire goes through, which is more and more that we're having these big fires, boulders fall, land shifts, trees burn up, pits open up in the ground. And I know that sounds crazy, but I had done this really beautiful hike at Schweitzer Falls. And I remember uh, that was the station fire, Mm -hmm. I think, which was hellacious. I mean, just horrible, horrible fire. But um, Schweitzer Falls, I remember telling Sophia and one of our other friends, Robin, that, you know, this was going to be like a great hike. The three of us took off. Went over there and I was talking about the river and this rock that was in the middle of the river that, you know, you could have your picnic on and hang your feet off the edge into the cool water. And it was just going to be fantastic. The trail had changed. That rock was probably still there, but to us, it appeared to not be there any longer because the fire was so intense that it created a downpour of more rocks. So oh, wow. hmm. it altered the river. There were whole areas that were just dammed up. There was no water going through areas that I remember water going through. And entire areas of the forest, there were trees just leaning against each other. And they were impassable. So um, places do change. And you want to take photographs because if you can take pictures of where you've been, that's your breadcrumb trail. You can turn around and come back using those landmarks, Um, but I gonna look into what the etiquette is when you find something on a trail. I mean, like I said, I tend to just leave it where it fell because I figure somebody's going to come back and they're going to want to look for it there. And I know that the immediate reaction for most people is, oh, I should pick this up and find out where it goes. But now you're creating a new path for that item that... The hikers coming back going, I know this is where I dropped it. I remember feeling something hit my boot or I remember hearing a sound or this is where I pulled whatever out and it probably fell out with that. And now somebody's picked it up and moved it. You know, I mean, we were making jokes about, you know, maybe the snake took it to its (laughs) den, or.
1: Yeah, you don't want to move it too far. It's like when I told my son, like, if you get lost, what do you do? And he didn't know. Obviously, at first I go, well, don't move. Stay where you're at. Because if you start moving and I'm moving, we'll never see each other. And some hikes or even in a store, first thing a kid does, oh my God, my parents are gone. They start running all over the place looking for them. So I told them the exact opposite. Don't do that. Actually, just stay where you're at.
0: There was this one time my niece was probably about six years old and the Hermosa Beach Fair was going on and... I thought it would just be a lot of fun. So we're walking around. I was holding her hand and I said, hang on a second. I want to look at the price of this item. And I just leaned over to look at the price. Turn around, put my hand down. I mean, literally, <laughs> it was like 30 seconds and she's not there. Oh my God. So I walked down a little bit and I'm looking around and I don't see her. And I go behind this tent And she's not back there. And now my brain felt like it was just crawling inside of my skull. I'm like, she is probably halfway to the border right now, getting kidnapped. I mean, your brain just jumps to the worst conclusions, right? It's just like, oh my God. And I finally see her in some booth just sitting there. And I was trying to say her name and I wanted to ask like, what happened? and i could i just started bawling i was just like hysterical and i finally asked her at some point when i finally got myself together like what happened and she said you look at that price tag and a lady grabbed my hand and walked me over to that booth and i know that she meant well but she took her away from me and Just created so much stress. To this day, when I think of that, I just, I I almost start tearing up because it was so scary. And again, I know that she meant well. And so I think it's just like experiences like that where I'm like, what does a person who lost something or someone, a child, do? You know, like we expect things to be where we last saw them. And the minute that somebody moves that thing, the likelihood that it's going to be lost forever multiplies exponentially.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Right. Can, I mean, like, man. thank God, not with my niece, but and and most with most children, like somebody's going to come back and track you down and tell you that you're a horrible <laughs> human for having lost your child. Um, which you know, I I don't know. I'm I'm still so perplexed by this woman's reaction, but okay
1: my friend's daughter used to do that all the time like she would just take off like one time we were in chicago and we were at some function and she took off like where is she at and then she ended up on the stage with the magician (laughs) like how the hell she get up there so fast i mean this place was packed i'm like oh my god she's on the stage what's she doing there and then she's like all happy and getting some magic trick done on her and yeah, she she heard the the wrath later, but I was like, oh my god! <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a that's a scary situation. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so I'm gonna look it up, and when I find it, I will either report back if it's rather extensive, or it will be up on my socials. What to do? If you find any lost item on a hiking trail that, you know, is important to somebody.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting to see what that is. I I'm see, but yeah, I, definitely if you move something, it, is, it does become harder to find just because some people are looking at that, like, where did I last leave it? Uh, my suggestion, if you are going to take your, let's say, a credit card, what I typically do is I take the back of my phone protector off and stick it in the back and then uh, that becomes like it's seal, so it doesn't get lost. That way you know if you have your phone in your pocket, your credit cards are behind the phone and won't be pulled out. Typically I do the bad thing. I don't eat <laughs> before I go on hikes, but I always have something, except for this one just because I know the trails and I me and you know the trail pretty well. I didn't bring any water either this time, which is bad, but I know that there's water just because there's houses nearby. So it isn't like I would be away from water, so I wasn't too worried about it. And there's water along the trail too. Typically, I'm more alert without food. That's why I don't eat, and I don't like feeling anything in my stomach while I'm hiking. So I'm probably doing everything wrong, <laughs> but it's not just the way. Not necessarily. Yeah, so I I don't really need to eat much on the trail. I I'm more into my adrenaline, you know, reason my reserves. I guess I don't know. I'm I do not really get hungry while I'm walking. But yeah, those I are little- shorter trails yeah longer trails that's a different story yeah, yeah. so typically lots of water uh, i typically have more water than it's probably necessary but water you cannot live without the water
0: yeah camelbacks are great it pulls a lot of water and water heavy that's you know it that's is. what the problem is yeah. so it's hard to carry a lot of it with you but water. most hikes are not like multi-day or the majority of hikes, you're, you're going to be out there for four to six hours, maybe, unless it's a really extreme hike. And four to six hours, you could take enough water. Um, you know, you might run out towards the end, but always leave a bottle of water in your car.
1: Yeah, it depends on the heat. Typically, carry like two liters minimum water and maybe a couple power bars. And then I always have something in case I need to mark a trail or whatever. Um, a knife I, I carry all like these little essentials in anything I go to so um.
0: I like to carry big band-aids for the back of my ankles. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've gotten like past blister point on um, on a hike because my heels just rubbing and and there's nothing you can do you're you know, you got three more miles to go and you're deep in some forest somewhere. <laughs> it's like,
1: uh, good, you got to
0: keep going. Yeah, so, good tip uh, for bandage. that is
1: um, this guy, Brooke, uh, that he used to hike with, he said to get a menin stick and put it on your feet. He said that will... A what stick? Menin's uh, deodorant.
0: Oh. Now they sell it for like yes. 50
1: bucks. No, he's he's like, don't go buy that. Get the menin stick. Same thing. And what you do is you put it all along around your feet. And what it does, it not only stops the sweating of your feet, which causes the blister, but also creates a wax. So it protects your foot. Um, Yeah. So ever since then, never had a problem with my feet. Mm. So Yeah, um,
0: I had one that was so bad. It took like three months for it to heal. I mean, it went past, you know, the blister point. But I needed to get back. And so I was like, okay, well... I don't think the shoe will saw all the way through my ankle, although it's trying to.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they get treacherous. Obviously, good socks. <laughs> the shoes. I like a lighter shoe. I don't know what you like. I mean, I like a slow shoe with grip. On the last, the last couple of hikes we went on, I didn't have that with those shoes. I don't have any right now
0: um i have a good pair of hiking shoes they're merrell's and i love them them. they're hiking and water shoes i've had them for quite a bit i wear them kayaking i wear them when i hike um those were the ones that tried to saw through my ankle but they are broken in now but like I said I I do take the band-aids and an extra pair of socks with me because you never know like sometimes you know I mean clearly because they're water shoes if you know you're going to be crossing a brook you're not wearing socks with them Mm -hmm. they're made to be worn with or without socks but on hikes I wear the socks because it it really helps
1: yeah, I got Merrells also. They they make good shoes. I got a new one. I haven't worn it on these hikes. I probably should there, but they're really hard. I mean, they're good for rocks and harsher trails.
0: The ones that I had before my Merrells, so my Merrells are low tops, yeah. Um, I had high top New Balance hiking boots and yeah. I yeah. loved those. I mean, they were so great. I can't find them because they're probably like such an old model. Yeah. But I had those for years and I just absolutely like I wore them out. And then I did have another pair in between that I really liked a lot and they were also water shoes. I don't remember what they are, but I also wore those down. So I'm I'm ready for another pair of shoes before I wear these Merrill's out. I'm on um. a quest
1: right now, and I had one like yours with your um, kind of the. I what is that called? Like a mid top, where the where you rock. Climbers? Mine was a boot. Yeah, kind of I like a boot. I just called it a boot. Yeah, it's like a boot. I haven't had my yeah. hiking boots. And I, I think it was them. the same brand you had. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was good, but yeah, I get a shoe I like. I'll take five pairs of them, <laughs> buy a bunch, and I throw them in the garage. Just, when I wear them out, out the door, get the other when one. When you
0: find a good one, yeah, yeah especially now. Brand. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was I just stopped our conversation right in the middle of whatever it was that we were talking about because I had to yell out earworm. (laughs) Earworms are, I think, one of the worst things to have to deal with. And and the songs are, okay, this song is catchy. It's called It's Tricky by Run DMC. (laughs) I don't even know where the song came from. You know, maybe it was on an ad, maybe it was in a show. I do not even remember where I heard this, but it has been stuck with me for three days and i almost want to dance to it because it's so loud like it's so real you know that i wanted to use some of those 80s moves just stop in the middle of the street and just go with what's going on in my head and you know have people point at me and go look at that crazy lady dancing in the middle of the street she's probably talking to herself too
1: Yeah, you told me about it. I was like, oh, Run DMC. I'm like, no, I'll probably have it in my head. But
0: uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Well,
1: it could be that or you could have like a <laughs> Justin Bieber or something in there. Uh, to drive you crazy at least it's a catchy song that's not bad
0: no and it is tricky to try to get those earworms (laughs) out of your head
1: yeah maybe it's a calling from the 90s to you know revisit (laughs) I've been getting a lot of those lately it's kind of weird because I've been talking to a couple friends and they are like man remember that show we went to and I'm like yeah that was like 92 and I'm like man and then it starts this whole memory trail (laughs) yeah Uh
0: (laughs) makes you realize how old you are all of a sudden like wow
1: Well, there's not... I mean, I like music. I'm not going to say there's not good music out there. There is, but I think it's not in a centralized place right now. Like, you don't have a radio station... Like, radio stations now, they're so bad, I don't even listen to them. And I'm on the road all day, so now it's just like, I'll listen to my own music or whatever. And it's kind of sucks, because now i got to self-discover music.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, where do you find music these days? Because I don't think a lot of people are listening to the radio, unless they have an old car. You know, like, Sophie's car has a CD player in it, and it, it's actually got a cassette player in it, too. But... I don't listen to the radio either. It kind of annoys me because there's ads. So I listen to streaming service. But what ends up happening is you create a playlist and then the streaming service's algorithm starts to figure out you like, I'm going to just throw out some 90s bands. You like Depeche Mode and Madonna and Wham, whatever, Modern English, And then if you go to your playlist radio, so, you know, you're listening to songs one through five and you're like, oh, man, these are like so good. Yes, I should have those on my playlist. Then you get to songs six through ten and you're like, "Eh." and then everything after that is trash. Yeah. I like hard rock and it doesn't matter. Well, no, it does matter what era it is because a a lot of hard rock ends up becoming very niched to a particular decade. And unless I'm in the mood to be in that decade, like I hardly ever listen to hair metal. There's a few classics. There's a few bands that really resonate with me, like Queensryche, I'll listen to them. And what'll happen is I go to that playlist radio And by song seven, it's total screamo music. Like it's gone into (laughs) Slipknot, Lamb of God. Like, I can't relax to this. Like, so how do you listen to new music? Where are you hearing it? I know like the reels and the TikTok videos are putting out some music that is different than what you normally listen to. And you might go, oh, yeah, like I like that. But where are artists?
1: Where do they stream it out of? Uh, well, those algorithms for me don't work that well because I'll have orchestral with jazz and hard rock, heavy metal and punk all mixed in there. So the algorithm that those services use gets so confused by my picks of music that it doesn't know what to do.
0: But it, I just think that they don't work for anybody because I know No, like, they
1: probably don't. Yeah, You know, you know like
0: I've got playlists like that where it's like everything under the musical rainbow is on this playlist because i just want full-on variety but then i'll have stuff that is specifically rock and roll or playlists that are specifically classical music but it doesn't matter which playlist i've gone to playlist radio on that algorithm will maybe give me one to five songs max and then after that it's just downhill from there yeah And there's two reasons why that upsets me, because it makes me not want to listen to newer music. And then I'm getting bored by listening to the same playlist, even if I'm shuffling it so that I'm hearing something different. It's still the same songs, the same 20 songs, the same 30 songs, whatever might be on there. But I'm getting directed to some AI idea of what I might like. And it's totally off base.
1: Yeah, um, what I do is, since I like to explore music, what I'll typically do is I'll just walk through, well, there's not very many of them left, but a record store and just randomly pick up a CD that looks interesting to me. And then I'll ask people there, I'll look at their recommendations, if they have a list, and I might pick a couple off there and try them out, because I don't want to... I don't want to be tied to what I might like.
0: Right. You want to discover something new. Even if it's something that's 20 years old, it's still new to your ears. And
1: YouTube, I use YouTube quite a bit. So I'll I'll hear a song I like, wherever I hear it, I go, that's interesting. What's that? I mean, I might not like the song fully, but I like the catchiness of it. So I'll go listen to it. And then that gives me suggestions, too. So then I'll check some stuff on there, suggestions. And sometimes I find stuff that way.
0: That's also algorithm-based. To a certain degree, yeah.
1: And then something just pops up on the side panel of YouTube, especially. You can see other artists pop up. But I'll go, oh, this video looks interesting.
0: Sometimes, because you just mentioned video, right? You didn't like the song, and now you've watched the video, and you're like, oh, that is such a great video, and now you like the song
1: so video like to me if you make a really good video most of the time they've taken great care with that video especially if the artist is involved and the songs are pretty good i mean as an example like i caught this thing on i don't know if was some song i had a catchy like the way the kid was singing and then i usually pull out my phone and i'll ask shazam to you know pull it in and i went and listened to him and, he, and he's really good it's kid kid larue or something and he's a young guy he's like 17 or 18 years old and I listened to his songs and he didn't write most of the music I forget there's a famous guy that wrote a lot of his hits he said that this kid put his spin on it so good especially this very tricky melody that the the melody is what caught my attention it's tricky so yeah (laughs) tricky 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 so so when I heard the melody I got caught by the melody I didn't even hear the singing until after the fact. The melody caught my ear the way the kid was singing the melody. So the artist that wrote the melody and this kid wrote the lyrics, he said, I gave him this. I don't even own it anymore. I may have wrote the melody, but this kid, as young as he is, owns the song. So from that reading about that kid and I started listening to all his songs and I mean he really writes kind of graphic for a young kid you know but he puts himself into that song every one of those songs and it was kind of weird cuz in this particular song that you wrote he has Justin Bieber on there and even I mean I'm not, I'm not against Justin Bieber but uh, I'm not particularly into his music you know the guy's talented all these guys are talented but they both were on this song it's like wow they both did a great what great is it? job um, I don't remember the song. I don't really
0: Okay, I'll find it and I'll put it on the show yeah, notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll Okay, you guys, I have got to pause this right now because this is crazy. I just got a text. <laughs> Somebody found my driver's license. Ah! Okay, this is hilarious. We stopped my license is found (laughs) social media has so many ills but this is the magic of also living in a time period where social media is so ubiquitous everybody is on it everybody tries to reach other people through a total complete strangers and i looked at this person's picture and they they look like a very nice person i know that you can't read the book by its cover but this person looks like a very nice person so i feel really good about meeting up with them tomorrow
1: yeah well i mean it's uh yeah social media as bad as some people might think it is a tool to it, it is there to be used and hopefully we use it the correct way i think
0: and there's a lot of good stories we often gloss over the good stories like this one i I don't know if you can hear the excitement and joy in my voice, but I am very happy. (laughs) I was a little concerned, especially because uh, right before we went on this hike, I was telling Mike about a crime show that I was watching, (laughs) like one of those real crime shows. And then I was like, what if some crazy person found my license and now has access to me because (laughs) of that? I just love how responsible this person was to just black line out all of the information other than my name. And every single one of my friends now knows that I lost my license. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. Yes, I did do that today. Anyway, I interrupted you while you were talking about Kid LaRue and how you're finding new music these days.
1: Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, that just like anything else. I mean, same with books. Usually one book begets another or somebody mentions a book and it sounds interesting enough for me. So I'll go and find that book and usually that book will give me 10 other books. In my car, I don't listen to radio too much. So now it's uh, either podcasts or books on tape or stuff that I've found. Like
0: audio books.
1: Yeah, so Kid LaRue pushed me into some other, a whole bunch of other similar, not necessarily similar to him, just some other music. Uh, You know, you go on YouTube and the algorithm on there is like so atrociously bad. I think you
0: want an algorithm that's going to provide variety.
1: I don't want a straight line. Anything in my life, I don't want it to be straight because if our thought process is always in a straight line, nothing can grow from that. So with music, I want it to be something I'm not used to. So then I can really like, do I like that because it's not what I'm used to? And then that's the path for me, self-discovery. It's like the trail, like the trail we're on. We went on one specific trail and, it, oh, let's, what's down here? I don't know, let's do it. <laughs> it
0: Rattlesnakes. Yeah.
1: It oh, <laughs> was a crazy way down, but I'm not, I mean, I like that kind oh of my aspect. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, that it, was, it was like, it was an extra mile and a half or mile point eight, but, and, yeah. And then backtracking is also its own. Self discovery because now we are looking at it from another angle, so yeah, it does change your paradigm, I mean, change perspective. your perspective for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, so- I want to send a huge shout out to Cindy who found my license, I did get it back, and it was so nice to meet her. She's such a sweetheart and just so very thoughtful. And you know, it's always so nice when you get to meet awesome people. So, thanks a lot, Cindy. I really appreciate you. Check out the show notes for selected links and keep sending me your questions and comments. I would love to hear your stories of finding items on the hiking trail or losing an item on the hiking trail and also what you think is the best way to reunite these items with their owners. Please take a moment to rate this episode because your rating really does help move this podcast closer to the top of searches so that my friends and I can reach more people. I'm looking forward to sharing more upcoming in the company of friends talks with you. So be sure to follow me on the socials and the dot com all at the Queen Trail podcast. That's T-H-E-Q-U-A-I-N-T-R-E-L-L-E podcast. I am Syl Annan, The Queen Trail, and until next time, I wish you passion, adventure, kindness, amazing hikes, elegance, and beauty.